Welcome to Back to the Sources, a podcast for those looking for a window into the life of Concordia Seminary and our library, whether you are a theologian, pastor, or prospective student. Each episode explores deep theological questions, profound insights, and topics of interest, brought to you by both professors and students alike. We hope that these conversations enrich your faith, academic, and professional development by connecting you to our rich resources. Back to the Sources is brought to you by the Hasse Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasse Library, inspiring theological discovery. Hello and welcome to the Back to the Sources podcast. My name is Aiden Moon. I'm a fourth-year seminarian at Concordia Seminary, and I'm joined by Ben Leeper, who is an STM student. We are here to begin sort of a, a meta series on podcasting on the Hasi Seminary podcast. So we're going to we're going to deal with some issues related to the whole medium of podcasting. Today, rather than the nitty-gritty, we're going to tackle really the why. Why would we consider using this medium especially in the context of seminary studies? and and pastoral ministry. So as we get started, Ben, could you just talk a little bit about your experience with podcasting, what you have done in the past in related to podcasting, and what makes you think this is a, a valuable medium? Yeah. So like you said, Aiden, I'm an STM student here, and I've been working with podcasts in some capacity for about the past two to three years. I've been a professional podcast editor for, I think, two years editing podcasts for for various clients, churches, and even the seminary. So it kind of all started for me during COVID, uh, which is when a lot of things started for a lot of people. I was on Vicarage. My church was looking for kind of new ways to engage with people and to get the word out, especially because we weren't having in-person Bible studies. And my supervisor, uh, Pastor Wright, at Holy Cross in Collinsville, Illinois, had this idea to start a podcast where they talked through the lectionary every week. And me being the new vicar, it was my job to figure out how to do it. And so I very slowly learned and and taught myself the techniques. And through doing this for a year, I learned the benefits of podcasting in the parish. Mm. And then as I took it out, I started working with, with corporate clients and private clients I saw how podcasting worked in kind of the the secular realm as well. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of trying to to bring it back to to the church and look at how we as as theologians, as pastors, as students can use this medium. Now, the first thing to know about any medium is that there is no such thing as a neutral medium. Mm-hmm. People like to think that it's it's just content that matters, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter where you put it or how you get it out there. Medium does matter. Putting something on TV or radio or podcast or written down or spoken, that affects how it's consumed, that affects how it's made. Mm. And certain mediums have certain benefits and drawbacks. So the two main things that I think people need to know about podcasting is one, and this is quite obvious, it's an oral medium. It's spoken. It's focused on usually dialogue, whether that's dialogue between the podcaster and the listener, or whether there's multiple people Mm -hmm. recording the podcast who are having a dialogue and the listener's kind of listening into this conversation, it's focused on hearing spoken word. Mm -hmm. And that's different from reading something, because when you read something, you can read it 
over and over again. You can go back if you didn't understand something. You can scroll back up if you're on a computer or flip pages back. You can pause. You can highlight things. And if you're watching something like on YouTube or on TV, you can pick up on the visual cues of of the person who's mm-hmm. who's talking at you or who's performing something. But with podcasts, it's just the voice. Mm-hmm. That's all you have. And that that's good and bad. Yeah. Because I'd say the benefit is it can allow you to really focus on what the person's saying and not get distracted by the shiny lights on TV mm-hmm. or, you know, get dragged down by footnotes when you're reading an article. <laughs> so first of all, it's an oral spoken medium. Well, and, and that, as you talk about it being oral medium, there's there's a, a significance to that as well. And it's usually not quite as precise, maybe isn't the right word, but there's not there's a, a tendency for it to be a little bit more conversational in nature because of the, the way it's coming across. So if you're doing it, like you said, it's usually a dialogue in some way, whether it's like a call in show kind of thing where you're actually talking to the listeners or whether it's a conversation between two people like what we have going on right now. You have this sort of different character than a monologue from somebody writing a paper where you're just consuming just their thought process. There's a give and take there as well. And I think one of the things that this has been my experience with the medium as well is that is almost an invitation to the listener, even if they're not participating actively. It's an invitation for them to process through in a different way than you would if you're reading a book or reading an essay. Right. You're you're kind of being brought into this active thought process going on in real time. And so you can be more of a participant and feel, and that's, that is more digestible for a lot of people. It's not like sending someone, oh, this is a really interesting paper or like, I wrote this essay, you should read it. It's, it's something entirely different. And in my experience, it's more likely to be um, listened to, consumed and and processed and then, and then retained in the parish, especially Oh, yeah. You're like if you're if you're just graduating from the seminary and you're like, I'm going to write all these great treatises and my parishioners are going to read them. That's just not going to happen. Uh But if you do a podcast, they they might listen Mm -hmm. and you do have to pay attention to your audience and you do have to know who you're speaking to, just like in preaching, just Mm -hmm. like in writing. You have to know who it is you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. And here's the other thing. Here's kind of the second quirk of podcasting as a medium. It's a multitasking medium. You probably know this as as someone who listens to podcasts. Very rarely will someone sit down on their couch at home, put on their headphones and say, I am going to just sit here and all I'm going to do is listen to a podcast. (laughs) In fact, our listeners right now are probably not doing that. They're probably working on homework. They're probably driving. They're probably doing chores around the house. Hopefully not all at once. Hopefully not. Yeah. (laughs) But don't don't homework and drive people. I do not recommend that. But it's it's something where people will not be giving you their full attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so when you're producing podcasts, you have to be aware of that is people have you on in the background 90 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And so you can't go off and, and get involved in these complex rhetorical arguments that require them to follow every single step, mm-hmm. because that's not really how people are consuming the media. Now, the benefit is, and this is actually really why I like podcasting in the parish, is because it's a multitasking thing, people are much more able to fit it in. Mm-hmm. And it gets integrated with daily life. Yeah. And I really like this, you know. You have it. Exactly. I, I like this from a, from kind of a sharing the word perspective, because I like, I like this idea of 
the word of God, the teachings of the church, just being in their ear mm-hmm. as they're going about their daily tasks. Yeah. I actually think that is a very good thing. And instead of looking at this as a bad thing, like, oh, they're not sitting down and just listening to me. Mm. No, they're they're bringing you with you into their life. They're inviting mm. you into the chores, into the driving, into, yeah. into their car, into their homes on their Alexa. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's that's really valuable too. I mean, how many pastors have said, I just wish that I could get my parishioners to listen to uh, the guidance that I have been put here to give them for 30 more minutes a week. If they would just listen for 30 more minutes a week. I mean, I only preach for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can only do so much with 15 minutes on Sunday. If I, can, if I could just get them for a half an hour, mm-hmm. what a difference could we make? Now, while we've been kind of talking about podcasting in general and podcasting in the parish, we also want to kind of talk about podcasting in an institution, specifically mm-hmm. like a like an academic institution, because there are some benefits actually to podcasting in your coursework, mm-hmm. podcasting in your classes. And I'd say that's really the reason that we're coming to you today mm-hmm. is to actually explain why you might want to consider podcasting for your professors. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't just mean give them an unsolicited recording of you talking (laughs) to a mic. (laughs) (laughs) Not exactly the point we're going for. And this will be a dialogue with your professor as to exactly what this looks like for sure. I mean, this is is an unfolding possibility and process that is still very much in flux. What we're proposing is the opportunity for what's called multimodal education. Mm. Basically, most of the time, professors in seminary will assign you to write papers, and maybe you'll occasionally have to take a test. Multimodal, modal just meaning way, means finding other ways to demonstrate your competency Mm -hmm. uh, in the classroom, demonstrate mastery of the material. Mm -hmm. And so several professors on this campus have actually started offering to their students the ability to, instead of writing, say, a seven-page paper, to instead turn in a 30-minute podcast. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple reasons that you might want to do this. One is that some people are just better at speaking than they are at writing. Mm-hmm. And that's actually fine because the vocation that you're training to do is to be a pastor. If, if you remember, especially if you've had a, a, an introductory homiletics class, one of the hardest habits to break as a preacher is writing out your sermons in a written style and then just preaching in a written style. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's it's a really hard habit to break for some people. You have to train yourself. If you're going to preach from a manuscript, especially, you got to train yourself to write in an oral style. Well, podcasting gives you an opportunity to practice just talking about these things. And, oh, how would I actually say that? Not just how would I write it down? Well, and if if we really want to communicate our ideas, we often have to be able to speak them especially if we're talking to people in the parish. If you learned some great exegesis of John 6 and you wrote a fantastic exegetical, it actually doesn't do any good if it stays on the paper. If you're a pastor, Hmm. if you're a pastor, you have to be able to take that exegesis, take that research, take that work that you've done 
and you have to find a way to to share it with people. Mm-hmm. And so podcasting actually is a great way to practice articulating your thoughts, mm-hmm. articulating your work, which is a lot of what you're going to be doing in the parish. And that's why professors have kind of recognized that this is a, a legitimate medium, mm-hmm. which they can kind of give as an assignment option. And people can, can kind of practice doing that, whether they're exceptional speakers and they really don't want to do the more academically minded writing, or they are really academically focused people that want to find a better way to articulate, Mm -hmm. this is a good option. Now, just because this is spoken doesn't mean that this is easier than writing a paper. Mm-hmm. That's a really important point to make because I can I can hear, I mean, okay, we're both students. We yes. understand how it goes. It, I can hear the, oh, is there a, an easier option? I can just like go and talk for 30 minutes instead of having to like put together a paper and sources and do all the editing. And like, you know, that seems like, oh, that'll just be a quicker, easier process. Well, not exactly. We hope that we've convinced you at least somewhat that the that it's worth it, it's worthwhile to pursue this, but you're going to want to put in just as much time and energy as you would on a paper. And that's why this is a viable a viable option as opposed to just, you know, writing an essay. Yes. Is because it actually does take the same amount of preparation and work. And we're we're not going to deal with all of the nitty-gritty of that in this episode. We'll we'll get to more of that later as well. But there's several steps, there's a number of different things that you should make sure you do. There's different practices, but important kind of formatting and research and outlining processes you want to use so that you're actually putting together something worthwhile. Again, not just like an unsolicited recording of you talking for an hour or something like that. If you do that, your professors will give you a poor grade, just like if you turned in a paper, which was completely disorganized and was basically just bullet points. Uh You will not get a good grade from your professors if that's what you turn in. It needs to be just as organized, just as intentional, just as researched as a paper. And sometimes it's honestly harder to talk for 30 minutes than it is to write, you know, a seven page paper because you really only get one shot at this Mm -hmm. because of how the recording process works, which we'll get into next time. It's not like you can talk out and re-talk out your podcast like you would a paper re-editing and kind of tweaking a little bit. You don't have that ability. You have to be able to speak in an organized manner in that 30 minutes Mm -hmm. in a way that's going to work as a cohesive whole. And that requires planning. That requires intentionality. And you can tell the difference. Again, if I just sat down with my phone recorder out and just talked at it, there would be a significant difference than what we're talking about. It's It's not a really thoughtless, just sort of random process. You've probably listened to podcasts that are long form, several hour long kind of things where they follow whatever threads. Usually those are most effective when you have people with serious depth of expertise on on various subjects. That's when that works. Right. When that works is when these people are drawing from incredible amounts of experience and knowledge. And so they're able to just sort of riff without a lot of detailed preparation. For seminary purposes, that's not what we're going for. No. Um, we're not going for that kind of two or three hour long form podcast that that really has that dialogical back and forth where you're actually having the ideas kind of unfold before you. We're going for demonstrating that you 
have done the work and you've learned something. So it is a different goal than, than maybe some podcasts you've listened to. And that's a valuable thing, that sort of what are you trying to do question is, I think, important whether you're doing this for seminary or doing this in the parish. It's going to, you're going to end up with some different results. Right. And that's going to take you in some different directions. And that's important to start asking those questions as well, just like you would for a Bible study or a sermon. Yeah. You're, you're asking some of those questions of, of what is the goal here? What am I trying to do? And then what is the best way to get that across? And some assignments or some topics might not be suited oh, yeah. to a podcast. For example, probably not an exegetical study. Yeah. Like I mentioned <laughs> earlier, yeah. that requires, you know, specific original textual work mm-hmm. that's best suited to the page. But podcasts that I've seen done for classes that have worked really well, for example, topics, you know, mm-hmm. Jordan Scott last year recorded a podcast on holy sexuality where mm-hmm. he kind of re-examined a controversial topic theologically. Mm-hmm. I did a podcast for Dr. Seleska, actually, for the Psalms class, where I had worked with Kurt Helwig, and we had examined imprecatory Psalms, mm-hmm. and we we talked about the difficulty of hearing these Psalms today, especially when the New Testament connects a few of those, like Psalm 69, to Judas. Mm-hmm. So is Judas present in these imprecatory mm-hmm. Psalms? And then how is Jesus present in these imprecatory psalms? Hmm. That's a really complicated topic. And so we had to plan out very carefully how to articulate this for the hearer. Hmm. Otherwise, it could just be confusing. Oh, absolutely. And and you won't be able to see it. Like you said, you've kind of got one shot. You can't look at the page and go, oh, that doesn't really make sense there. Or this paragraph would better be fit for the next page. You're not going to do that when you are just sitting down and talking it out. Right. So... And I mean, that's worth worth thinking about, too, the different the use that I had. You mentioned your experience with podcasting, and I haven't haven't mentioned mine and that I did it, this over Vicarage as well, less on the production side of things and more on the content side. And for our purposes, it was a similar thing. I mean, you were doing lectionary based. Right. Ours was based on weekly readings and going through the Bible in a year. And we had to narrow down our focus. We were talking about whole books of the Bible in every episode. (laughs) So it wasn't like we could do these deep dives into all the details. We were trying to keep it to something somebody could listen to in the car, something somebody could listen to, you know, driving around town, running errands, those kind of things. We're not trying to do these hours and hours and hours of in-depth study. And so what we were seeking to do, this was our goal, so we set this ahead of time, is help prepare people for what they're going to read this week. They're going to sit down and they're going to open the book of Exodus and they're going to say, okay, what is the book of Exodus about? And we're going to tell them, okay, here's some things to look for. Here's the big scope of the book. Here's some characters to pay attention to. Again, not digging into the intricacies of every little verse, drawing attention to big, big scope. And those are the kind of questions you have to ask as you're dealing with this medium in particular is like, who's listening to this? So if you're doing it for the seminary, your professor is the primary listener. And then there's the secondary listener might be, you know, the church at large, if you're going to be really optimistic. I, I think maybe a little bit more narrowly is when you produce a podcast for the class, you can also submit that podcast to the library to be featured on mm-hmm. this very podcast, Back to the Sources. One of the things we want to do is feature student work mm-hmm. and feature student topics of interest. So if if you produce a podcast for a class, you can submit it to the library as a potential episode for Back to the Sources to be listened to by the seminary community and beyond. And we'll get into the details of how you do that in episodes coming up. 
But keep that in the back of your mind because this is not just something that you can submit in your class and then never see again. There's the potential for this to be heard by by more people, to be shareable, to be able to be mm-hmm. passed on to even to friends and family. Well, and that's the nice thing is podcasts are incredibly shareable. Mm-hmm. They're very easy to distribute and to give to people and they'll often actually listen. Well, and and I think people are sometimes curious. So what do you learn there after all? Like, what mm-hmm. do you spend all this time in seminary learning? And I have a few kind of quirky friends and family that I could send some papers to and they actually would read them. Yeah. But that is not the vast majority. No, no. That is not most of them. And so this is going to be something that is, like you said, shareable. And this is true in the parish, mm-hmm. but even just for your for your uses at seminary, something you can pass on that somebody may go, oh yeah, I'll give that a listen. I'll I'll check it out. I'll I'll put it on while I'm driving to work this morning. And that's a a real feature. It goes back with to everything we were saying before that can make this a worthwhile task for you now. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll be back again next time with some some of the more nitty-gritty how-to, especially of how to go through this process here at Concordia Seminary how to go about submitting things to the library for publication. We're going we're gonna to talk through some of those details next time. Thank you for joining us. It's been good to talk at you and get a chance to reflect on this medium and its purposes and value to the church. God bless your week. If you enjoyed Back to the Sources, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Facebook so that you don't miss a single episode. This podcast is brought to you by the Hasi Library on the campus of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. The Hasi Library, inspiring theological discovery.